pretty much the concept in my mind of writing tandem is that we're not meant to do life alone, that we're meant to like have a partner in life, or even if it's just community, it doesn't even have to be like, it could be as big or as small scale as we want it to be, but we choose a person to do life with, right? Yes. And so it's kind of, who do you want to write tandem with? Jessica Brubaker. I am a therapist by day and a personal development junkie the rest of the time, but really I'm just a gal talking to people about life. See, I believe that we have our own unique journey and that we don't have to fit ourselves into one category. We all have an and. This podcast will feature interviews of people just like you who are living into their and, as well as the stories that got them there. Inside those stories, we find tangible advice on how you can live into your and too. Welcome to Brutal Journey, the podcast. Today, I am so excited to be sitting down with Carly Gonzalez, a dear friend, colleague, and local small business owner in the Phoenix area. I love to hear her story about her roots in the Pacific Northwest and her transplant here to Phoenix. She has so much good stuff to share about self-care, about mentorship, and being on a journey as both a planner and a slightly spontaneous gal. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Carly Gonzalez. I'm here today with Carly Gonzalez, who is part counselor, part uh, owner, and lead wedding planner at Riding Tandem here in Phoenix. Welcome, Carly. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, the premise of this podcast is that everybody has an and. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see people like you that are really, truly like living into their and. And I think there's probably some similarities between counseling and wedding planning, to be real. But they're also um, are kind of different. And so I think it's really interesting to watch you do one and then like completely put on a different hat. And so that's really, it's fun for me to watch. I know you personally, but um, I'm really appreciative that you're here to talk about this today. I'm stoked to be here. Cool. So we will just get started. Um, the first, the first thing that I, I think is important for people to hear um, is your journey. I think that everybody, you know, gets to where they are based on this like process of life. And so, can you just tell us the story of Carly? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was born in Washington. That's where I grew up. And I kind of make jokes about that I went straight from my mother's womb into my dad's jogger stroller because there's this <laughs> photo of me that's like looks like a brand new born in my dad's jogger stroller. Um, so I grew up running with my dad all the time. So uh, are you a runner still? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> but I did. Um, I ran all through like did the club things when I was little, and then all in junior high and high school, didn't end up running in college, um, but I ran a marathon in college, and I pretty much was like, check that off my bucket list, never need to run again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just kind of what happened. Um, but I would say that definitely sports and athletics molded who I am when it comes to like the endurance, when it comes to like pushing through even when it hurts and it's uncomfortable. Um, the importance of like teamwork and collaboration, training, all of that stuff. Um, so I would say that that really helped form my probably disciplined spirit um, and like goal oriented and won't lie, I'm a little bit competitive. 
Well, and it's so interesting that you say that because, and I, I will let you continue yeah. your, your story shortly, but you know, I'm training for a half marathon, right? Yes. And so I've never, <clears throat> I've never really been a runner and I decided to do it. And I don't know that I've ever actually shared this with somebody, but I decided to do it because I just felt like there is this parallel between like setting that long term of a goal and having to work towards it a little bit each day and like what we're trying to do in life and like setting goals because I so much am like a instant gratification like I want to work for it and it and it and it's happening Amen. and so I kind of um put that on my my list of things to do because there seemed it seemed to be parallel and so that's really interesting to hear you say that because of you know how I know how you show up and yeah in your life so that's a, that, that's fun thank you for sharing that of course continue your story okay so being an athlete and then also um I was super involved like in our church growing up like my faith is super important to me and my in high school two years I went on a trip to Guatemala and served in this like community with like dirt roads and running water and just definitely a different lifestyle than I grew up in and I met some physical therapists who were working with some kids there and I went two years in a row and the first year I went the kids I, I'm sorry I don't remember the diagnosis but they couldn't walk okay and then the next year I went and I played soccer with them oh that's and it was awesome. like this I mean I can I can envision myself there in this light bulb moment like those physical therapists just totally changed these kids lives mm-hmm. and like I can it right before my eyes right so that's kind of when I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist when I grew up <laughs> like really committed to it and like um thought I wanted to be a physical therapist because I loved learning about the body like I loved training through all the sports and I didn't want to be a nurse or a doctor and then like do blood stuff um so long story short I ended up coming moving to Phoenix to go to Grand Canyon University because they have a pre-physical therapy program um, and you can work with cadavers, which most undergrad programs you can't, but that one you could. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that just you had a cadaver lab. They do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that reeled me in along with, they were growing at that time. I know they're still growing, but I mean, they had 600 students on campus when I toured and they had a ton of scholarships like, Hey, if you live on campus, we'll pay you to be here. So, I mean, I, I was lucky in the time frame that I went, I got a lot of good scholarships to go there and I had the program I wanted. So I ended up in Phoenix. We're glad to have you. Thanks, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> um, okay, so then you have to go, how in the world did I go from wanting to be a physical therapist, wanting to be a counselor? Yeah. That pretty much was like, I would say my college years were really that like self-development, like who am I, what do I want to do, what's important to me? Um, and I started like mentoring a lot of girls in the dorm and I spent so many hours in coffee shops talking to girls about like their life, their anxiety, their depression, their like dysfunctional families that they just realized was dysfunctional because it was the first time they moved out of their parents' house, you know, um, childhood abuse and trauma. And so in my, I'm like studying my brains out to pass my anatomy classes. And then I'm also sitting here reading these like self-help counseling, how to battle anxiety and depression and like help these girls that I was falling in love with. And so I was like, Maybe instead, maybe instead of wanting to help people physically with like PT stuff, I think I actually want to help people heal like emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And so that's kind of the transition of becoming a counselor. So did you, do you feel like you had a moment where you were like, oh, I want to be, you know, sitting across from somebody they're, they're on my couch, I'm in my chair. Yeah. Like, I want to be talking about, uh, talking about things as opposed to like, 
do 15 push-ups? Do you feel like you had a moment where that changed or was it more of an evolution? I think it was an evolution. But I remember like the like having to go to the admissions counselor and say I was changing my major mm-hmm. it was a pretty big step. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, interesting. So do you notice, and this is going to be a counselor question just because that's kind of what we both do, but mm-hmm. do you notice that your experience in the anatomy physiology, like that kind of that kind of world um, is helpful when you're working with people who have had trauma? Because I, I don't know if everybody that's listening knows this, but trauma kind of lives in your body mm-hmm. and it affects you physically so, so deeply and mm-hmm. you have to work through it emotionally to change the physical part. Yes. Okay. I don't really, I mean, yes, I see that, Mm -hmm. and I totally believe that. I mean, I guess my biggest thing that comes up is I know that, like, running and, like, doing long runs or even, like, training through that marathon, for that marathon, like, I processed a lot of big things during that time. Mm -hmm. And so, if anything, and I couldn't tell you the exact stats, but I know that for anxiety and depression, they say how important movement and exercise is Mm -hmm. because it's that natural, like, dopamine going over your brain and endorphins and everything like that. And so I definitely think encouraging my clients to get up and move your body, and that's helpful for your mood. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really important, too. Not everybody wants to listen to no. that, and not everybody agrees with that. But yeah. I definitely, I know that, at least in my personal life, that has made a, a pretty huge difference. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, training for this half marathon, that's really when I started to make movement on, you know, I was on a run when I was like... I should do a podcast. Yes. Part of that is because I listen to podcasts while I run, but I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. So I think that that's very true. I love that. I totally agree with that. Cool. So um, I'm going to let this like move into the second question, Mm -hmm. which is what, what's your and? And so you are also, you have this wedding planning business. I don't even know that I would call it on the side because you're very busy right now. It's wedding season. So how, where'd that come from? How did that come up? left field (laughs) I have no idea I never grew up and was like I want to be a wedding planner it was just weird I mean even to this day I'm just like I feel like the right things fell into place for it to be here Mm -hmm. Um, for someone that's a very goal-oriented and like this is the timeline direction I want to go it was never there Mm -hmm. but it's something that I love and I'm so glad I wouldn't write it any other way Um, okay, so how did it happen? Well, I got married in 2014, and a couple years after that, um, I, like, my best friend got married, my sister got married, like, I felt like I was entrenched in that season of life where a lot of people around you are getting married, mm-hmm. um, so I got really into the wedding planning stuff, and just really enjoyed it, I'm very detail-oriented, I'm very, like, well, you have a, a- a lovely eye like I've seen some of the things that you have put together and I've seen the way that your office is decorated like you have, you have a great eye thank you you're Appreciate welcome that. <laughs> um so anything anyway things pretty much fell into place and I ended up being like doing wedding coordination even like at my church for different friends and people were paying me and there's this I don't know kind of again this like random moment of like people are paying me to be a wedding planner why don't I just like actually own the title and build a website and call myself a wedding planner. Get an LLC, check all the boxes. Right. What? Where did the, the name come from, Writing Tandem? Yeah. So took a long time to come up with a name, kind of just went with it. Pretty much the concept in my mind of Writing Tandem is that we're not meant to do life alone, mm-hmm. that we're meant to, like, have a partner in life, or even if it's just community. It doesn't even have to be, like, 
it could be as big or as small scale as we want it to be, but we choose a person to do life with, right? Yes. And so it's kind of, who do you want to ride tandem with? And then like the fact that I love, like, I love riding bikes. It's kind of like, there's adrenaline, there's like the rushing feeling of like going down a hill and there's like the fun parts, but there's also kind of the sucky parts where you're like climbing up the hill or there's bumps in the roads. Yeah. So something, and it's probably like the counselor in me too. That's like, I want to be, I want to be a wedding planner that's like, hey, I'm so excited that you found your person, and this is like a really fun part, but also like building a relationship that will have a marriage that lasts is so much bigger than just like your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I'm not really necessarily probably the wedding planner that's like, let's have a fairy tale wedding because life is perfect, mm-hmm. right? I'm more like, hey, let's pick a wedding style that like fits your style. Let's do something that like is important to the two of you, as opposed to maybe like the Cinderella fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, no, that totally makes sense. And I was um, creeping on your website when I was doing research for this um, this particular interview, and there was a blog post that I really liked that was about like how do you how do you I don't remember what it, exactly what it said, but it was like how do you plan the wedding that's for you and not for the other people yes. in your life? Because I think that um, I, I don't know if it's like a family thing or an age thing or what what the deal is there, but I think so often we forget that our wedding is for us. Uh-huh. Is, we're creating this memory the couple not for all of these family members Mm -hmm. that are coming to celebrate you but it's not for them it's for you Mm -hmm. and it just gets extra sticky when there's like well mom and dad are paying for it yeah and then it's like you're right so just like navigating those (laughs) waters it is for you but they're writing the check or vice versa right right anyway and I think that that always makes things a little bit a little bit more difficult. I know that we see that in treatment when we're treating an adult client whose parent is paying for it. So yes, that definitely is a mm-hmm. it is a thing. It is a sure. thing. Um, do you see yourself doing the wedding planning thing in in the long term, or do you see that just being a season of life? Or yeah, that's a great question that a lot of people have asked me since I've gotten licensed mm-hmm. to be a counselor. I totally see it being a long-term thing, Mm -hmm. but I see it 100% like shifting. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and you know this about me that I'm really passionate, like mentorship, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so my hope long-term is that I can eventually like hire a couple people that can help with the, all the logistics and that I can more like supervise and manage and own the like functioning Mm -hmm. system, the functioning business, Mm -hmm. maybe do more of the like, high-end weddings and then like if someone hires me for like day of coordinating or month of coordinating that my team can handle that and I'm kind of more involved in like the ones that are a little bit more need more attention that makes sense well and I think that um this doesn't fit in with this question but another thing that I noticed that I really really love is that you have lots of different options for your services yeah not everybody is like let me hire a wedding planner for this whole thing Mm -hmm. but also my favorite was the day of coordination because I think um, I know when I got married that the the gal that was running things at the venue was so extraordinarily helpful and just even in the like the question of hey Jessica do you want people to talk to you or do you not want people to talk to yes. you yes how do you want to go about this mm-hmm. and I was like I it never even crossed my mind to consider that mm-hmm. so I think um, it's one of my favorite things about your business is that there's levels and you don't have to say do all of the things yes but you can still say but please help me yeah and it's also special I love working with the clients who come to me and they're like hey I'm so passionate I love the wedding planning process I've already booked these different things Mm -hmm. and they might not need 
the necessarily the planning stuff, but they're like, I also don't want to be stressed on my wedding day. And so I always tell them that we have a meeting or two and I say that they download all of their information into (laughs) my brain. And then on the wedding day, like I am their voice on the wedding day. So they can be sitting in their hotel room or in the bridal suite getting pampered with all their like best friends and family and that I can be out there executing and they have perfect peace and confidence knowing that like it is taken care of I know what is important to them I know where all the things are going to be placed um and not only the bride doesn't have to do it but the people that they love most can be sitting and enjoying those moments and not out there placing table settings that's beautiful I love that and I think that um anybody who has ever gotten married is probably like oh my gosh that would have been so wonderful yes yes you know, running around in your wedding dress, yes. doing the table settings is never fun. <laughs> no. So, I love that. Um, so what do you think, you know, being a counselor and um, and a wedding planner, like I said, there's some similarities mm-hmm. there, but what, it, what do you think would be the greatest one or two challenges between um, maybe doing both of those things mm-hmm. or, um, you know, putting on your counselor hat versus your wedding planner hat? And when I ask that question, I mean... Do you ever find yourself like talking to a bride and feeling like, oh, well, let me give you this intervention that could be helpful with your anxiety kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So what are what are the challenges there? And then I'm going to follow it up just so you're prepared with what are the benefits? Absolutely. So I would say the biggest challenge, and I guess I'm receiving this question as the challenge for me as a human being. Yes, that's okay. how I intended it. Cool. The biggest challenge for me would be that even though the two jobs are so different, both are very emotional. Mm -hmm. And so I think the need to like really like have my own stuff in check Mm -hmm. so that I can be in a place and in a posture to sit with that person in what they're holding in that moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So if it's in counseling and people are bringing their life stuff and their trauma, of course I'm sitting there being their counselor and holding that with them. And then also when I'm with the bride, it's the most important day in their whole entire life, right? Like I might have a ton of weddings on my thing, but it is their one day. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that like my mind is fully present with them, that they know that I want it to be exactly, exactly what they want it to be, that I'm paying attention to all the details they're saying, just having to be really emotionally present for all of the jobs. There's not really a like, turn down right. the volume. It's like, I feel like I need to be very emotionally present a lot of the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, and I'm going to ask you a question about how you do that in a moment, but what are the benefits of, of living into that and the benefits of being both a counselor and a wedding player? Yeah. I seriously feel so lucky to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, it's just, a, I'm so thankful. Um, the benefit for me is that like, as the wedding planner who has the counseling experience I'm not stressed out by there are so many dynamics on a wedding day whether it's like hey the bride is really stressed and I want to make sure that like she's taken care of and like can help her be calm and grounded I want to if there's any like relationship dynamics amount amongst parents amongst like is there divorce are there is there death like being able to like honor the people who can't be there like is there the friend that's overbearing that needs to be kept busy, right? Like, I get it. <laughs> so I think being able to like bounce that and be like, oh, I totally get all the relationship dynamics and I can help support you in that. Um, and to be able to know that up front too, I feel like, I mean, who wouldn't want a wedding planner that also right. has counseling experience? Do you ever feel compelled <laughs> to be like, 
and if anybody that has counseling experience will, will recognize this, but to be like, okay, let's talk about family roles. I'd like to, I'd like to understand if you were the hero child or the lost child or the scapegoat, because that's going to help me better navigate this. Yes. <laughs> I've never brought those terms into the consultation, but I, maybe I start, maybe I should. Interesting. <laughs> yes. That's Can you fill out this form before we meet? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to know about your family of origin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that I can so funny. I can better navigate this. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, so previously you were talking about having to be emotionally present mm-hmm. so often. And I think that, um, you know, that in, in these two particular um, industries, I think people that work in that industry feel like that's very important. So if you're sitting with a client in a counseling session, to you know, you are there to hold a space for them, yes. and then also at a wedding, being emotionally present. Um, how do you, how do you, as a human, navigate being emotionally present for yourself when you need to be, mm-hmm. when you're so emotionally present for everybody else? Mm-hmm. Working on it. <laughs> I mean, it's an everyday thing, yeah. you know? I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, we know all the right boxes to check, mm-hmm. but it's not like, oh, I figured out the system and now it's done. It's like, the, it's, it kind of goes back to the self-discipline mm-hmm. of, like, knowing, okay, this is a busy season, and so I need to adjust my expectations mm-hmm. of, I don't know what that exactly could mean for just like, okay, maybe if I have a wedding on Saturday, I won't hang out with friends Friday or like right. something like that so that right. I can like go to bed at a good time. Um, a huge part for me is, um, I think we might get to this later too, but um, I love like getting up and working out in the morning and mm-hmm. that's not really a run anymore, but I love going to spin classes. Mm-hmm. I love yoga, mm-hmm. maybe a walk. And that really helps me like get centered. Um, so just like practicing those making space for me to find that space is super important. Okay. And so I, and I think you maybe would too, put all of those under the umbrella of self-care, right? So besides those kinds of things, like waking up in the morning, making sure you get your workout in, what are the other things that you do for for yourself that would fall under that same umbrella of self-care? Um, well, I'm a therapist who goes to therapy, so I'm an advocate for that. I like to tell people, if your therapist doesn't have a therapist, you should think about finding a different one. Amen, amen. So that's helpful, having that space. Um, meal prep, I know that that's like so, I don't know, I feel like people talk about it all the time, but I can tell a huge difference in my life when I know like, okay, I have like, I have, I know what I'm eating this week, or I don't have to stress about eating, or I, if I eat food that makes me feel better, as opposed to, like, running through fast food, like, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. so food is helpful, movement, and then even, again, just, like, finding space to be with the people, like, my, like, really good friends, right, I'm with people a lot, mm-hmm. as a counselor, with my clients, or with brides, mm-hmm. um, but spending time with people that fill me up, mm-hmm. um, spending time just like alone and like prayer, like finding that time to be centered and like connect all of those things. Do you, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this question, but okay. do you see yourself as more of an extrovert or an introvert? Uh, um, and I will preface that for the audience. Um, when I'm talking about introvert versus extrovert, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nearly always talking not about like, are you shy or outgoing, but like where do you source your energy mm-hmm. from? Do you need to like, reconnect with yourself or do you need to reconnect with people or is it both I know I'm always I always feel the tug of war in that because I do think when it comes to if we're defining by where do I get my energy Mm -hmm. I think it is in my alone time Mm -hmm. so if that makes me an introvert I guess so but I'm with people and I love people all the time so 
Well, and I think it's a, it's always a tough question, or I always find it to be a tough question because, um, so many of us source our, our energy from being alone and, or mm-hmm. reconnecting with just like our partner or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make us shy. And so when no. we use the word introvert, mm-hmm. so many people are like, well, no, I'm super outgoing. Like I get along with everybody. I'm obviously an extrovert. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you sure mm-hmm. that that's what you are? Because I think that you also need your own time and space. Yes. You know? Totally. than we realize and I yeah. also think that um, sometimes what we really are is an ambivert where we're in the middle and if you don't have a balance of both mm-hmm. that's really when it when it feels yucky yeah because too much alone time can lead to isolation and loneliness Absolutely. and then too much everybody else time can also be avoidance because you're not sitting with your own self right well and particularly in the kind of industries that you and I are both in a lot of times being with other people feels like we're pouring into them instead of pouring mm-hmm. into ourselves. So mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting to pay attention to. I agree. Um, is there anything that you think that we have not talked about yet that would be important for people to know about your business? Like if somebody's out there listening to this and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get married soon mm. um, or not that they would come to us as a counselor, but like I'm looking for a counselor. What what would you tell them? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the one thing with the wedding business thing is that I've I have brought my passion for mentorship into it. Mm-hmm. And so I always say that when you hire a writing tandem, you're not just hiring me, but like I bring a whole team with me of girls that I mentor. I that. So like you're not just gonna get me like with my timeline making sure we like stick to like our time frames and like meeting vendors, but I bring a whole team so that like we have a lot of hands on deck, mm-hmm. which I think oftentimes when you're doing wedding setup, tear down, you need a lot of extra hands. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is something that we take pride in. Like we have a great team and we bring a cool energy and you get not just one for the package, but you get four of us. That's really lovely. When you do, um, a lot of your mentorship is with like college level interns, correct? Yep. Um, are they generally people that are interested in the wedding, interested in wedding planning, or are they more people that are like, "Hey, I'm interested in doing like social media, and this mm-hmm. fits here," or mm-hmm. is it a little bit, a little bit? Of I would both? say a little bit of both. Yeah, I definitely have some that are like, "I'm very interested in wedding planning. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much." And then other ones that are like, "I love pretty things and social media and blogging, and this is a cool avenue to get experience in it." Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do spend a lot of time like investing in like them as human beings. Mm-hmm. And so I think also they're just like, hey, this is a cool opportunity to get to know someone mm-hmm. who's a business owner who like will be my mentor for a season. Mm-hmm. Like, again, who doesn't want a good mentor in their life? That is a, a true statement. I think that um, we are a product of the a lot of the people that have mentored us, even though ones yeah. that have mentored us without ever meeting us. Mm-hmm. You know, when you listen to a podcast or you read a book or whatever. Totally. I think, that, um, I think that that kind of trickles down into into who we are. And I think that that sort of speaks to what we were talking about before I started, before I hit record. And I was saying, oh, you know, I listen to all these podcasts and I'm trying really hard not to copy people. Yeah. And like, this is what I listen to. So how, mm-hmm. like, how do I do it different kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I love that. Same. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm going to um, shift into, I have a, a list of random questions, and it's just questions that, like, I don't know, I'm just curious about people, because I think that we are all such different humans, um, and I think that 
learning different things about other people can help gain insight into like you and our relationship mm -hmm. and then also sometimes people say things when I ask questions like this and I'm like oh my god that's a genius idea like it never even crossed my mind to do that so cool. are you ready for this I might bring it on the first question is how do you wake up in the morning what does that look like for you do you like jump right out of bed are you a snoozer are you like somebody that puts your alarm clock in the bathroom like what is what does that look like my alarm clock's in the living room okay so it goes off I wake up I set my coffee. Okay, so I'm, I feel like a crazy person. When I'm this, but I have a, I have a system to the madness. I have my coffee ready to brew out from the night before. So my alarm goes off. I wake up. I go snooze it. Click the on button on my coffee brewer, and then I go sleep for ten more minutes. And then when it goes off again, I'm like, okay, it's time to get up. And then I wash my face so that I'm like, I don't know, present in my face. And then I sit down and have my quiet time. So is that, I mean, is that all a morning routine? Do you do that? Like, that's how you roll all the time? Or yeah. is that just on work days or? Pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. So then I have my quiet time. Uh-huh. Do that for like 45 minutes. Practice my gratitude, pray, read, get centered. Mm -hmm. And then I go to my spin class or yoga or on walk. That's my morning routine. I love that. I love that. Um. Well, this, I feel like I know the answer to this question. Are you a planner or do you operate on spontaneity? Uh, planner. <laughs> no shame. No shame whatsoever. No shame. Whatsoever. I'm totally a planner. Sometimes I'll plan time for spontaneity. Okay, what do you I'm mean cool with that? that, too. Like, um, for example, last night it was like, hey, my friend and I went to spin class. And then it was like, afterward, I don't know what we want to do for dinner. Like, let's decide as we go. Like, that's adventurous. So I'm going to plan that we're going to go to <laughs> yes. dinner, but it's okay if we don't decide yes. to go right before we're yes. going to go. Yes, exactly. So if somebody um, did for you, like, a surprise party or if, like, your husband came home and was like, guess what? Pack your bags. We're going to Disneyland. Yes. Would there, A, be excitement in that, and B, would there be some discomfort there? Yes. Because I would already have things planned for that weekend, so I'd have to reschedule. But I love adventures. Okay. And so I'd be all about it. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? I am. Okay. So I'm a one, okay. which is the perfectionist, the reformer, like, wants to do everything really well. Right. But when I, like, so when I'm stressed, I go to a three. But in my health, I go to a seven, which is, like, the free spirit adventure person. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like some of my best, like, memories and moments have been, like, when it's, like, yeah, let's go do that crazy thing that I wasn't expecting to do. Let's just go to Disneyland right now. Yeah, I feel like my best self. So it's fun. Oh, I need more of that in my life. Let's I, go to Disneyland. Well, I, honestly, we could go as soon as I press stop. Um, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. So. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is your most consumed beverage? Well, currently, my most consumed beverage is H2O. Okay, why are you drinking so much water currently? Hashtag last 90 days. <laughs> Shout out to Rachel Hollis. Um, as you know, you and I are doing, <clears throat> excuse me, her last 90 days challenge, yes, which is all about finishing the year better than we started. Mm -hmm. She challenges us to drink half of our body weight in water as a part of that challenge. Which is really a lot harder than I realized it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I'm used to it now, but I still like have to pee every 10 minutes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. We're like running by each other in the, yes. in the hallway. And I think it's funny. We're like, fill up our water.
next. While you're filling up, I'm going to go to the restroom and then we'll switch places. That's perfect. Um, what is, so if water is your most consumed beverage yeah. at the moment, what, what would you say is your favorite beverage? Okay, I have two. Okay. So I love coffee and I love a good hot Americana with homemade whipped cream. Interesting. All about the whipped cream. Like, okay. it could be a crappy cup of coffee. If it has homemade whipped cream on it, I'm a happy girl. That, is a, that sounds delightful. So that's my fave. Um, but I also just love a cold Dr. Pepper. Interesting. Yeah. Do you prefer it over ice or out of a can? Doesn't even matter. Just cold. Yep. Interesting. I love that. I love that. Um, I find that Circle K has the best Dr. Pepper, in my opinion. I had no idea. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, because like I, did, I wasn't paid by Circle K to say that. <laughs> You're not. This but isn't an ad. This isn't an ad. <laughs> but I just, I have found that, okay. in, in my opinion, Circle K has the best um, Dr. Pepper. I'll have to check it out. I, I highly recommend it. Um, what, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time to your 16-year-old self mm -hmm. and tell her one thing, what would it be? I would tell my 16-year-old self to be kinder to herself. I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. And so I would just kind of tell her, hey, you're loved, you're okay. Your value doesn't come in how fast you can run that race. Mm -hmm. doesn't come in all of your achievements or your education and all that stuff, but that you're just good the way you are. Like you are enough just by existing. Amen. Love that. Um, if you had that same time machine and you could fast forward, what is something that you think would be important to tell your 10 year from now self? So future Carly. Yes. So, okay. For this one, we'll kind of go back to our Enneagram thought, right? So being a one, I'm always thinking about like getting better. How can I be better? How can my business get better? Like what's next? What's next mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And so I want my future self to make sure that she's like enjoying the life that she's made herself. Oh, I you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, if I'm like, I know if I'm already being like, what can I do in the next 10 years in the next five, I'm sure my future self will be doing that too. But I want her to be like, Hey, take a minute and look what you did for yourself. I love that. Enjoy that. I love that. That, that was an excellent answer. I didn't know what I was expecting when I wrote that question. Um, because we don't ever know necessarily what to say to our future self, but yeah. I love that. That was perfect. Can I ask you what you would say to your future self? I, you know what? I don't, I, I'm, that's hard to say, um, without stealing your answer because that was a really good one. But I think that, um, what I would tell my future self, it, it, I think it's similar and it's probably the same thing that I perhaps could be telling my present self mm. a lot more often. And that's just to be present in the now, because although I yes. am one, um, I definitely am often like, okay, well, what's next? Like, how, how can I progress this journey? What should I be doing? You know, those kinds of things. And I think sometimes when we're thinking about future, we forget to be present in the now. And I also think, you know, the, the power of and, yes. right? I think that sometimes it's really easy to forget that you can be good right now and still want more. Amen. And wanting more doesn't mean that you're not pleased with what's going on right now. And being pleased with what's going on right now doesn't mean you're complacent and you don't want more. Yep. Totally. So I think that just, you know, being present in the now is probably the answer to that question. I love that. Beautiful. Um, so we talked a little bit about how you wake up in the morning and what your morning mm -hmm. routine is. What does your nighttime routine look like and how do you go to bed? I need a new one. I don't have a routine. I've literally been thinking about this for my life. Interesting. It's not good. It's kind of like 
oh crap, what did I not get done today that needs to be done by tomorrow? Uh-huh. Do I need to stay up on my laptop and watch a show in the background while I finish that? Or is it like, sometimes I sit and read a book. Uh-huh. I've been making my coffee and setting out my clothes so it's ready for my morning routine. That's lovely. I, I think that's a part of your... I think it must be. Yeah. It must be. I've also recently been putting like peppermint essential oils on my oh, wrist. Uh-huh. So when I fall asleep, I'm enjoying that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I need to work on that. I put lavender essential oil on the bottom of my feet. I've heard that's good for you. It's so lovely. I sleep like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. It's that's so awesome. nice. I never have a problem falling asleep. Okay. Okay. Um, so you mentioned, this is also, I did not tell you I was going to ask you this question, but you mentioned, like, should I be working on my laptop with the, with the show in the background? Uh, I'm yeah. always curious. My husband calls it the white noise show that you don't really yes. have to pay attention to. Yes. What's your white noise show? And if you have more than one, that's okay, because I have, like, four. Uh, well, it's currently Queer Eye. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. I yes. Love it. I love it. It just makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I also have been loving Atypical. Okay. But I usually like to be more focused with that one. Yeah. I, I want to pay attention my full to that attention. one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, but it's been yes. a long time since I've watched it. Yes. So there are a couple Hashtag stars hollow. Yes. For sure. Yes. Okay. Um, so final question is how, if, if people are listening, they're like, oh my God, Carly Gonzalez is like a one. I, I'm obsessed with her. How do we find you? Yes. So you can find me on the gram because I'm all about it. Yes. Um, writing tandem. It's writing underscore tandem. Okay. My website is writing tandem.com. And I'm really excited because I'm like going to, start a personal Instagram, not just writing tandem, so it is launching. Maybe it'll be launched by the time this podcast is live, and that's going to be at Miss Carly Jo. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know that it's wedding season, and we kind of had talked about, like, do you really want to take your time and do this? Yes, I do. That you decided to. Totally. Thanks for having me. All right. so so much for listening to this episode with myself and Carly Gonzalez if you liked what you heard make sure to rate review and subscribe if you want to share the power of the and take a quick screenshot and share on your social media don't forget to tag me at Jessica M. Brew thanks for being a part of my journey and for allowing me to be a part of yours as a disclaimer although I am a licensed professional counselor This podcast is not an appropriate replacement for therapy, nor is it intended to be. The discussions had on this podcast between myself and my guests are for general inspiration and personal development. If you are struggling with mental health or having thoughts of hurting yourself, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and consult a qualified mental health professional to discuss your unique journey. You matter and deserve the help and support.